I didn't know the meaning of my arena moment till I'm out of it. And this is one of the things that people need to realize. Like when I talked about my first one, I made a decision. I didn't know if it was in six hours or 24 hours, but it was a relatively short time frame. This arena moment honestly took me months, months to understand why it happened, what I was supposed to learn from it, and how it was done for me and not to me. You are listening to The Limitless Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Heron. What if you had no limitations keeping you from your dream life? In 2016, I had a major tug on my heart to write a book about my story. And in the process, I learned that I had been operating with a very faulty belief system for the majority of my life. I've had a huge transformation since then. And my life's passion and mission is to teach you how to live a limitless life. Join me on this journey. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast. This is Deanna Heron, your host. Welcome. I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so grateful for you for being a part of this amazing community of growth-minded women who really strive to be their very best. I want to remind you that my mission, as always, is to help women stand in their truth because a woman standing in her truth becomes limitless in her impact. So welcome on this Tuesday. We are starting the Women Warrior Series, and it happens to be on number 100 episode of this podcast. I'm super excited to celebrate with you, and I have invited one of my favorite people in the world to be my guest on this start of this series because Debbie Neal defines a warrior. This woman has been in my life for many years, and we connected through a a business that we have mutually. And right off the bat, I knew that this woman was going to be a lifelong friend. And, you know, we joke many times about if anyone were really to hear our conversations that we have amongst each other, you would probably think that we are not as successful as we truly are, but we are real. We are raw together. She uplifts me. She tells me truth. She is a truth teller in my life and just a powerful, powerful woman. So welcome Debbie Neal to episode 100 of the Limitless Podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here. I would love for you to share who you are with the audience. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm so, I'm so excited to be here. You guys, obviously you're listeners of Deanna Heron, so you know how incredible this woman is. But I, I just want to share like a little bit, a little story with you before I even tell you who I am. So as Deanna said, we are in, we're successful in the same company. And so it was about my first year, maybe I was like eight months into starting my, my business. And I was at this conference and I saw this group of women come up from the floor. It was so crowded in this arena that they, they brought them up for the from the floor and they were recognized for an incredible achievement. And my eyes, I was so high in the stands of an <laughs> arena that, that holds 20,000 people. Like I was holding up the cement and I, I looked down and there was just this light radiating from her. And I'm like, she doesn't know me yet, but like, we're going to be besties. Like we're going to be so close. And so over the years, my business grew, right? Cause she was considerably ahead of me in her successful journey. And I just, I wanted to be around her table. 
So that's just on a whole separate note, you guys. It's not a warrior thing, but sometimes we know that we're some of the, the people we surround ourselves with the most. And you don't need to earn friendship, but you do want to earn and build success to get you in the places and the tables of the people that you want to have conversations with. And so I made it my mission to grow me. I grew my business by growing me. And then that connected me to Deanna Heron. And ever since that day, she is that person in my life as well. In fact, when I say things that she doesn't love or agree with, or maybe she she's hearing for the first time, she's like, Debbie Neal. I mean, it's like not just <laughs> Debbie. It's the whole, it's like the whole, like my actual name is Deborah. So when my when my fa- my parents used to say that I knew I was in trouble, but when she says the whole Debbie Neal, like she's having a moment. So I'm really excited to be here. Who I am, I'm a mom, first and foremost. I'm a mom of four incredible children. Uh, Brooke is 24 years old, Tyler is 22 years old, and I have twins that are 18 years old, Bailey and Ryan. They are my why, and they are my world. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm so blessed to say that I'm an entrepreneur that has built choices and has built time freedom and has allowed me to explore my gifts and become the warrior, the woman, and the leader that I was meant to be in this world. I did find the most perfect vehicle to partner with to bring out my very best. I am also a podcast host, and my podcast is Level Up with Debbie Neal. And Deanna was absolutely a catalyst that inspired me to start my podcast. She went first. So, you know, like when you look at it, she went first, and she, she had a podcast. And... You know, it was one of those things that I had to grow as a leader to realize my voice was made for more. And so I started that podcast and I love it. I really, really love it. In fact, we're going to record today and Deanna is going to be my guest on my podcast. So that's kind of in a nutshell who I am. I don't know how long. Yes. Yes. So Debbie, I just want to remind you that we were sitting on the beach together and I said to you, you need to start a podcast. And that was actually before I started my podcast. So I painted that vision for you early on because I knew that you had a voice before I actually started my own. So I'm so glad that we are twinsies on this amazing journey together. So on today's topic, we're going to talk about the warriorness in you and what is it that keeps you in the game? Because there's so many people out there and women, especially with social media, we have a tendency to look at the highlight reel of people's success. And I recently had a conversation with a clinical psychologist here in my town, and she said the number one cause of anxiety in teenage girls is social media. And I would say that's true for any entrepreneurial woman, but we see the highlight reels and we really don't know the story of the warrior-ness within the woman that created that story. So my favorite quote that's hanging in my office, because I read it often, is by Theodore Roosevelt. And it's a quote that Brene Brown made famous. So I just want to read it. And then let's talk about your arena moment. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man, woman, who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. 
But who does actually strive to do the deeds who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while doing greatly. Love that so much. It just speaks to my soul. And Debbie Neal, you define that. I want you to know, and I would love for you to share. What is your arena moment? I know we have several. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. So let's go back to time, okay? Because I have I have two pretty big ones that stand out in my mind. And my, my first gut is the second. But then I feel like the second wouldn't happen without the first. Because I do feel we have more than one arena moment. And they guide us in different directions. And I believe that arena moment for many of us are meant to, to keep us small. But it's up to us when we're in that arena moment to choose faith or fear and realize that it's a moment to define us, right? And and to to build resilience and to to go in the direction we're supposed to be. So I'll I'll touch on my first one because I wouldn't be where I am today without that mm-hmm. first one. So I was 21 years old. I won't give you the full backstory, but I was 21 years old. I was in a hospital, and I I just gone through a, a, a pretty rough thing in my life. And a doctor came in. Now, at 21 years old, as as a woman, I, I kind of like knew I was going to have a family, but it wasn't something I was actively talking about on any level. It was just like, oh, like one day I'm going to be a mom, you know. And a doctor came in and just, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm alive. But he said, you, you know, I have some news to tell you. And he sat down, which honestly also taught me like how we deliver news to people makes all the difference. And so by his demeanor, I was like, this is not really going to be good. And he said, you're never going to be able to have children like that. That was taken away from you. You're not going to be a mom. And I remember my heart literally, even when I repeat the story, like I, mm-hmm. I could throw up thinking mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. moment. And I remember... I don't remember if it was 12 hours. I don't remember if it was 24 hours. I don't remember if it was six hours. I kind of like blurred out the time, but all I remember was feeling broken and defeated and and robbed and just violated of my future. And then all of a sudden, I don't know where it came from because I didn't do personal growth at all in my life at that point. I was... I. I like to talk more than I like to study. I wouldn't have considered myself a great student when now I know in in a leadership role, like I am a great student. I'm a student. I want to learn. I want to absorb everything I can. I was the one that like read the cliff notes, did the the paper the night before, like knew about it for two weeks and it's 4 a.m. And I think I should get my stuff together because it's due at 7 a.m. Okay. So didn't, and I, my favorite book was People Magazine to look at the pictures. So it was at, at that moment I realized no, I'm going to, I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Men in Black, but if you saw the movie Men in Black, there was like this beep beep, like a, like a thing that kind of like, they like pointed this ray gun at people and like they, they blocked out their memory. It was like, they didn't see the aliens. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that happened to him. Like this conversation never happened. What he said never happened. I'm not discounting the events or any trauma. I'm discounting the limitations on my life. I erased at that point, the conversations, because if somebody tells you you're not worthy or it could, it could be a medical diagnosis. It could be, you're not worthy. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You'll never be successful. You don't have the contacts. You, it could be wh- whatever your moment is. And at that moment, I was like, this is this. I didn't know it was an arena moment. This is my arena moment. I will be a mom. I will control my thoughts, mind over matter, 
faith over fear. And I, I left feeling like Wonder Woman. And it was a journey from that point. It wasn't like all of a sudden my life was miraculously amazing and my mindset was amazing. But that was an arena moment that prepared me for the battle to build the life and the influence that I have today. Because I think influence is a real gift. It's a privilege but it does have to be earned through trials, through overcoming, mm -hmm. through building your way. So that was absolutely an arena moment for me. I love it. I love it. And, you know, something that's so powerful about that arena moment, you're probably going to share similar things in your next one, but you made the decision not to create a limiting belief in your mind. And that is so powerful, Debbie, because, you know, trauma is actually when we decide something different from ourselves than the truth. And you made the decision, no, I'm, I'm not going to go down that road and believe this and tell myself the story of I'm not capable of having children. So that is such a, a powerful, powerful story for everyone to actually hear. You get the decision to, to decide. You get to decide what you're going to believe. And the fact that you did that so quickly <laughs> is such an amazing thing and such a the way I roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was a process from there. You know, we read so many quotes that we can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we allow it to affect us. And at that point for me, it was just a decision. I still didn't understand it was a journey. I didn't understand, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, the title of your book, it's unbecoming. I had to unbecome what I, the, the story I had told myself to really become the leader that, that I was meant to be. But I, I look back now and I'm grateful. I'm grateful because I do believe that God always has a plan. And that was that was another big moment for me. You guys, that was a moment in my life where I, I never had a really big God wasn't really big in my life growing up. I was I was baptized Catholic. I went to a Catholic church. We went to church on Christmas. We were one of those people that filled up the pews where there wasn't room mm -hmm. for the regular people that went every single week because we showed up on Christmas and Easter and holidays like that to make us feel, I guess, better about ourselves. But I didn't know any better because I was a child and I'm, and I'm certainly not discounting my parents. They did what they knew. But that was also, in my mind, where was God? But that was the beginning of my journey to him. Exactly. I looked at it as like a separation, but it was actually my journey to him. Exactly. And arena moments can be that for sure. Yes. So what's number two? Okay. So I didn't know we were actually doing two arena moments. So yeah, let's do it. arena moment, yeah, was a couple of years ago. Honestly, it was probably at the height of my career, it was at the height of my career. And again, this, this ties into, I didn't know the meaning of my arena moment till I'm out of it. And this is one of the things that people need to realize. Like when I talked about my first one, I made a decision. I didn't know if it was in six hours or 24 hours, but it was a relatively short time frame. This arena moment honestly took me months, months to understand why it happened, what I was supposed to learn from it and how it was done for me and not to me. So no matter where we are in our personal growth journey, I'd love to tell you, oh my gosh, as you like excel and you succeed, you're going to figure things out and it's going to be, everything's going to be easy. Like it's not. Success and personal growth is not for the faint of heart. So I was at the height of my journey. I was building my journey to God, but I was not giving glory to God. And I really believe that, of course, I have an amazing team. So I didn't build what I did without them because there is no I in team, but it was basically me and my team. That's, that's who the glory went to. And so long story short, there was a point a few years ago that I took a financial hit, like a really big financial hit. 
that brought me to my knees. I had fear. I had desperation. I had anger. I had resentment. I had, gosh, part of me that wanted to retaliate. You name the emotion that I went through, but I was looking at the situation. I was looking at the situation. I was looking at the cause of the situation, but that's, that was, if you're just looking with your eyes and you're not really looking with your vision and your sight. And so when I came out on the other side of it, I know a thousand percent, the number one thing that I, that I came out knowing in that arena moment, I was not giving glory to God. I was also not tithing 10% of my income. Okay. And that's something that there's this fine line of really speaking about it. And I never want people to feel uncomfortable about it. I remember when I went to church for the first time with Deanna Heron and we went to her church in Oklahoma, and this was back in 2012. And it was a church that I go to now. I think the names are different, but it's the same, Mm -hmm. it's the same non-denominational church. And I remember sitting there and they talked a lot about tithing and 10% of your income. And I remember thinking, like, I have a ballpark figure of what Deanna Heron makes. Are you giving 10% of your income? And you were like, yes. And I was like, I need to save her. Like, I, <laughs> I need to save this woman. What in the world is going on here? Like, and, and again, that's also when people are forcing their beliefs on you. I didn't force it on her and she didn't force it on me. But long story short, when I came out of this and I realized... The money that I had lost during that time frame was more than 10% of my annual income. And I was fine, right? So if you if you follow Jesus and you know the story and you know, you know, then they were taken to the wilderness and you know that there was plenty of mana, you know, when there was no food and they didn't know how they were going to go day to day, there was plenty. God always provides. So when I came out on the other end, I remember thinking, I don't actually even know where the money came from, but I had plenty. My life didn't change. So I believe all of the circumstances were just that. And I've been obedient ever since. And I'll tell you guys, if this is a journey that you ever think of going down, I'd love to tell you that it's really easy every month, but it's not. There's been many times I've called Deanne and I'm like, I need you to speak to me because this is the 10% number. I can do a lot with that number. (laughs) And this is where we're truth tellers. And by the end, I'm like, okay, you're right. Hitting send. Boop. <laughs> like, so it's not, whenever we're on a journey, it's not always so easy. Right. In fact, one other thing on this note, I, I was actually at a retreat in Dallas. I'm actually going to Dallas tomorrow, ironically. And I was at a retreat, a retreat of mine. And we had, my pay was there and I figured out the 10% and I actually had to pray to God, God, like speak to me, give me a sign. I'm struggling here. I'm struggling. I don't know if you guys ever saw um, Ghost. You ever see Ghost? Mm -hmm. And and if you saw that movie, Whoopi Goldberg was like handing over the check to the nuns. And then she looked at the check and she's like, they don't need this much money. (laughs) Like they don't need this much money. So I was having one of those moments and you guys, I'm very giving, but we're human. So let's, let's humanize ourselves. I have a family, I have four children, I have college, right? And so I was having one of those moments. So I prayed on it. Give me a sign. I'm on the right path. And then Sheila, who is an incredible leader that I do business with, I walk out of the retreat and all of a sudden she, she looks at me and she goes, fish and loaves, fish and loaves. And she's yelling, she's flapping her arms in the middle of the hallway. And I'm like, again, fish and loaves go back to the mana. So I go, why are you saying that to me? Like, and she goes, oh, because there was plenty of time. You were worried there wasn't going to be enough time, but there was plenty. And I was like, oh, that wasn't the time. This was Jesus. Send, right? So if you're one of those people 
It's a journey. So that was my number one thing that came out of it. And the number two thing that came out of it was my podcast. It was my podcast. So a limiting belief of mine was, this is what I do for a living. It's, it's enough. I love it so much. I'm loyal to the core. And I had to realize this was not about loyalty. This was about God was saying, there are people that don't do what you do for a living and they need your voice. There are people that have a variety of professions and God made your voice Your passion is speaking. I had an arena moment back about public speaking when I was in college too. And you're stop playing small. You're not being not loyal. You're just giving on a bigger level to a bigger audience. And that's where the podcast was born. Love it. I love it. And I love the story about tithing too, because, you know, tithing is not just our, our money. It's our time as well. And so for me, my story is just a little bit different. The tithing piece has never been an issue for me of money, just because it just, that didn't impact me in in a way, but my time, that's harder for me to tithe 10% of my time to give to others without an expectation of pay. And so we, there's so many different aspects of the tithing piece. And that called me to a higher standard in tithing of the time that, you know, I value so much. So that's opposite that way. Yeah. We're opposite that way because I, I genuinely feel like I've always given more than 10% of my time Mm -hmm. without pay. And it was like a love language of mine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Freely. But it was the other piece. So we were like opposites. And I I see it and God has provided, but it's more of like a giving glory to him and putting him first and also realizing not what that could do for me, but all of the lives that are impacted. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I would love if you could give some tips of how you made it out of that arena moment, maybe the second arena moment. What were some of of the things that you did that really helped you through that time? If you could give, you know, a couple of tips, I would love to hear them as well. You, there is nothing that you don't know about <laughs> me. Okay. You're, you're just pretending that you're interested, but you I'm know. so interested in you. Yeah. So here's what I could say. When you, when you're having those moments, this is when you need to buckle down. There's so much work to be done. And most people take an, an instance or an occurrence for face value, and then they might get a lesson from it and they brush it under the rug. I am still growing from those moments Mm -hmm. because we all have healing. And I can tell you one thing, but deep inside, there are always demons of unworthiness that trigger back to those events, Mm -hmm. right? So we can come out on the other side, but we don't come out the same person. We don't. So there's always going to be scars. But when you're in that moment, what I could tell you for me is I did a lot of praying. I did a lot of listening to worship music, which I had never done in my life. Never done in my life. Lots. I I was looking for signs everywhere. I was journaling and my signs led me to authors. Like I had never heard of Catherine Ponder before. I read every single thing she wrote during that time. And that doesn't mean that's what you should be reading. It just means that's what I needed to be reading at, at that moment. And there was basically the whole subliminal message through her whole thing was tithing. So that was very appropriate. And then I was led to Bob Goff. I didn't know who Bob Goff was before that. And I read every one of his books and it was just so much about love and unconditional love and being fully present and really living a life of significance. And so it's, 
it's so much work. I journaled more than I ever did. I read more than I ever did. Every time I got a thought, I write it, I wrote it down to prepare some of the best trainings of my life. I dictated all of the lessons. I woke up earlier. I, I exercised more. I ate better because when we're feeling down or stressed or in this gray area, it, that's more than ever, like taking care of your body, right? Because health is mental toughness, it's physical toughness, it's emotional, it's spiritual. So there, there was so much of that. And honestly, as I build my success journey, I see that there are so many incredible people out there that have the potential to be so successful and they're just not doing the work. They're not doing the work. You know, they might try a business or or do something and then it's like, ah, it, you know, it just didn't work or it wasn't for me or it wasn't meant to be. There's so much work that needs to be done. And so for each one of those moments, now the first one, it was decades of work. It was decades of building trust, allowing myself to be vulnerable. I mean, even when it comes to, to the business that I'm in, I, I grew to the top of my business pretty quickly. But when I look back, it was, I was going to get big and powerful and strong and intimidating and no one is going to be able to hurt me. They will fear my presence. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that was a subliminal thought, mm -hmm. but I realized there was a part of me at the beginning of my business that people will like, they saw me as untouchable. And then I had to break down brick by brick by brick and let that person that was inside of me, who actually does have a very big heart come out because there was so much walls around it. It's growth is so complex and it doesn't end. When you grow through one thing, it's like, oh, I feel so amazing. I got all my clothes on. And then you go through the next thing, you're like, I am naked again, swinging from a flagpole. That's right. I am vulnerable. <laughs> I am raw. Everybody's seeing my butt flap in the wind. How did this happen? I was just secure two days ago. Exactly. It's so true. It is so true. But what I hear you saying, though, Debbie, is, and, and I want everyone to hear this, it's the habits that you had created up until that particular arena moment, that second arena moment, the habits that you created, you started to implement them because your energy was down due to this, you know, being in the arena, scarred and marred and bloody and beaten. And it was at that moment that you you dove into the disciplines, the habits that you had already created, journaling, eating clean, exercising more, reading books. That's invaluable to how you were able to, to really pull yourself out of that. And I think that's something that I want everyone to, to hear because successful people are successful because of the habits and disciplines that they create. And they're not something that you create all at once. Each one of those individually, you had to create at different times. Am I when right? Living in a world today, mm -hmm. people make excuses. When you're in an arena moment, it's really easy to make an excuse to not level up your life or your success. We're also living in a world of a little bit of victim mentality. I don't know how this happened or why this happened. You know, I live in the United States of America. One of the greatest things I love about our countries were merit-based and success is earned. But I think so often today, people looking for handouts and when something happens to us, we're not realizing that it happened for us and how can we grow? How can we learn? And if you really feel like you've got this calling on your life, you can't expect to be tiptoeing through the tulips like it's Candyland. Right. People have these big dreams and they, they want to make the money and the success and, and change lives. I mean, I have people say, I want to speak. 
okay, great. I, I wanted to speak also, but it, it it's earned. You, you have to build something or become the person that people want to hear you. And it might not be speaking for somebody. It could be, it could be a lifestyle. It could be an income. It could be whatever, but you need to be willing to create the habits of the people that have it. And that is discipline. It is sacrifice. It is perseverance. It is resilience. Like you need to get back up and and not point fingers because life is unfair sometimes, but it kind of is what it is. And we have one life in dress rehearsal. Do you want a really good excuse or a really good story? Yeah. I, I love that. That's, that's another great tip too, because it is, it's life is happening for us. And when we start to, to see that that is really the true story, we begin to understand, okay, what can I learn from this situation? What am, what am I to learn from this situation? And Debbie, you and I both have had many of those times that we've shared together and you know, what, what can we learn? But the victim will always keep you down. It will keep you small it will keep your energy low. And when your energy is low, it's very difficult to create those disciplines and those habits. And so flip the switch. I love that you said that. Just flip that switch from victim mentality to this is happening for me. What can I learn? So beautiful. And flip it and constantly flip it. You're not going to flip it once and it's going to stay there. I'd love to tell you guys, I made a decision. I flipped the switch. Flipping the switch is the easy part. Mm-hmm. That Staying breaker is going to break again. Mm-hmm. The power will go out. And that's when you flip, flip on the generator inside of you. That's why you build, the, you build the habits every day. You build your vision every day. You build your belief every day. You build your faith every day because the switch is not going to stay on. The power will go out again. But the stronger your generator, the more charged it is, you're going to know, ah, flick it. Now, sometimes it might take you longer to walk over to that switch. Yes. Yes. Right? But you've got the power to flip the switch. And if you don't flip the switch, it is 100% your decision and your choice. Like, and sometimes I, I repeat this to myself. If I don't do something or no, I should, I just I guess it just wasn't a priority. I guess it just wasn't a priority. And then when I say that, it really doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, Deb, I guess yes. growth just wasn't your priority. I guess making an impact wasn't your priority. I guess meeting this goal wasn't a priority. Because we either try to bargain with success, right? Or we underestimate the effort and the time that it actually takes. Or we're just going to make excuses and we're going to sit in our nonsense because we want, we want other people to, to buy into that story. Because the more we tell the story, the more we're getting a value from that story and it's reinforcing, right? It's good to tell the story on the other side. I'm okay to tell stories when I'm on the other side of it, not when I'm in it. Because when you share the story, when you're in it, you're not coming out of it. You're not coming out of it because there's you, you're telling the story because you want people to agree, typically. You're affirming it yes. over yeah. and over and over again. And you're collecting data yep. and information to justify where you are. Mm-hmm. I could have built a really big case to yes. stay where I was or play small or be okay with, I'm good where I am. I could have gotten a petition with a lot of names on it. Yes, Yes. But it wasn't serving my highest good. So I literally kept to myself and talked to no one. Yes. And this, the real story is too, Debbie, is every time we tell that story, we re-energize it and it becomes more powerful within mm-hmm. us and fires us up even more. So yeah, it's so important to be able to say, 
okay, I'm not going to re-energize this story by telling it, except to my bestie who will give me the truth and, you know, stand in the power that you're created to have through the story of this is happening for me. This is exciting. What is it that I need to work through? I love that journey. Now that I understand that journey, I absolutely love it. What am I supposed to learn here? And um, instead of staying in that victim mentality, for sure. So that's, that's so valuable. So valuable. This is not a question you asked, but it made me think of because it's you and me. You know, we always talk about surrounding yourself with people that lift you up higher. And I'd love to say that every one of my conversations with Deanna, we're just uplifting each other and it's amazing, but we're human too. So when one of us gets hurt or one of our feelings are hurt, we, we do call each other and we have conversations and it's always finding the good. Even if somebody hurt our feelings. It's pointing out the good in the other person or removing that other person from the equation. It's not sitting there in the story. It's focusing on what was that person teaching us or like, you know what I'm saying? So who you surround yourself with is really important because a lot of things that we encounter in life are just there to grow us and to challenge us. I don't believe they're there to hurt us. We allow it to hurt us, but surround yourself with people that Talk about big visions and big goals and what's next and just find the good in every adversity. Love that. Love that. Love that. Such great tips, you guys. I hope you got so much from Debbie's arena moments. Excuse me. I know it was so impactful for me. Just that little switch where you said from victim mentality is so true. And it it is that switch that we have to flip all the time. And that reminder that, you know, this life is happening for us and it's a growth process. And if you are on that growth journey, it is an exciting journey. It's an exciting journey of the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the learning, the growing, the falling and getting back up again. And that's the beautiful part of the growth is when you're able to finally get up and start standing in your truth and your power. So Debbie, thank you so much for being a guest, so much value. I would love for you to share how people can reach out to you. I know your podcast, you said in the beginning, how else can they reach out to you and find okay, you? I'm going to say one more thing before I tell them, because I just love okay. this. Because when you guys think of your arena moment, I think of mine, the first one. If I would have believed, because you know, you, you know, if I would have believed I'm not going to be a mom, I wouldn't have fought for it. I wouldn't have gone through the infertility process. I wouldn't have made it. There's four lives who are impacting so many other lives. So for you, whose life is not going to have a chance yes. to flourish because you're going to not become the person. When we sit in our stuff and we don't become who we're meant to be, it impacts you the least. It holds other people back from their greatness because you were put on this earth to change lives, to leave the life, leave the world better and to create significance in other people. So like really think about that. So where you can find me, my podcast is Level Up with Debbie Neal. That's on all Apple, Spotify, wherever you can find a podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Debbie underscore Neil. And I also have a level up with Debbie Neil Instagram that I I really, I don't want to say that I struggle with two of them, but I do. (laughs) So I'm definitely more present on the Debbie underscore Neil. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you guys, thank you again for being a part of this community and joining us. And I'll see you next Tuesday. If this has been of great value to you, share it 
with a warrior woman in your life. I know they would be honored to hear from this amazing woman and the tips that she gave us as she worked through her arena moments. So God bless you. See you next Tuesday. I'm honored to have you as part of the Limitless community. If this podcast has added value to you, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Number one, share it with your family and friends. And number two, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Deanna Heron. I always love hearing from you. If you would love more about what's happening in the Deanna Heron world, you can go to DeannaHeron.net, subscribe to my email list, or even be a part of my private Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.